Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible. New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Well, hello there and good day to you all. My name is Bill and you are here with Bible in a Year with Bill in my truck again. Yes, I'm in my work truck. It is hot, 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 hot. So I'll just do the a section at a time here and open the windows and then close the windows and do another section at a time because um, this is the best way to get the best sound when I'm at work is to actually sit in my truck with the engine off and the windows rolled up and it's almost summer out so I'm cooking. <laughs> anyway, today is day 139 of our journey through the New Living Translation version of the Bible. Now anyone who wants to follow along, we're following what is called the Life Journal Daily Reading Schedule. I haven't told you guys about this in a little while. Now the best way, I know you used to be able to actually Google Life Journal Daily Reading Schedule and it would come up, but what I've done is on the Facebook page, Bible in a Year with Bill, um, I've, I've put that in the files section on that Facebook page so you can actually follow along with the Life Journal Daily Reading Schedule. Anyway, enough of the housekeeping. Today is day 139. We're on 1 Kings chapters 4 and 5. Then we're going to do 2 Chronicles chapter 2. We're going to jump over to Psalms 101, and we're going to finish off today's reading with 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. So let's get right into it. 1 Kings chapter 4. King Solomon now ruled over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Eleharef and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were court secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest, was a trusted advisor to the king. Ahishar was manager of the palace property. Adoniram, son of Abda, was in charge of forced labor. Solomon also had twelve district governors who were over all Israel. They were responsible for providing food for the king's household. Each of them arranged provisions for one month of the year. These are the names of the twelve governors. Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Deker in Makaz, Shealbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elon Beth Hanan. Ben-Hesed in Aruboth, including Soko and all the land of Hefer. Ben-Abinadab in all of Nephoth-Dor. He was married to Tephath, one of Solomon's daughters. Bayana, son of Ahilud, in Teanach and Megiddo, all of Bethsan, near Zarathan, below Jezreel, and all the territory from Bethshan to Abel-Meholah, and over to Jokmium. Ben-Geber, in Ramoth-Gilead, including the towns of Jair, named for Jair of the tribe of Manasseh. In Gilead, and in the Argob region of Bashan, including sixty large fortified towns with bronze bars in their gates. Ahinadab, son of Edo, in Mahanaim. Ahimaaz in Naphtali, he was buried to, married to Basamath, another of Solomon's daughters. Baana, son of Hushai, in Asher and in Aloth. Jehoshaphat, son of Parua, in Issachar. Shimei, son of Elah, in Benjamin. Geber, son of Uri, in the land of Gilead, including the territories of King Sihon of the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. 
There was also one governor over the land of Judah. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They were very contented with plenty to eat and drink. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River in the north to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt in the south. The conquered peoples of those lands sent tribute money to Solomon and continued to serve him throughout his lifetime. The daily food requirements for Solomon's palace were 150 bushels of choice flour and 300 bushels of meal. Also 10 oxen from the fattening pens, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep or goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roe deer, and choice poultry. Solomon's dominion extended over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River, from Tifsha to Gaza, and there was peace on all his borders. During the lifetime of Solomon, all of Judah and Israel lived in peace and safety. And from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, each family had its own home and garden. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses, and he had 12,000 horses. The district governors faithfully provided food for King Solomon and his court. Each made sure nothing was lacking during the month assigned to him. They also brought the necessary barley and straw for the royal horses in the stables. God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding, and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded that of all the wise men of the east and the wise men of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezraite, and the sons of Mahol, Heman, Calcol, and Darda. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. He composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. He could speak with authority about all kinds of plants, from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows from cracks in a wall. He could also speak about animals, birds, small creatures, and fish. And kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. Second Kings, or sorry, First Kings, chapter 5. King Hiram of Tyre had always been a loyal friend of David. When Hiram learned that David's son Solomon was the new king of Israel, he sent ambassadors to congratulate him. Then Solomon sent this message back to Hiram. You know that my father David was not able to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord his God because of the many wars waged against him by surrounding nations. He could not build until the Lord gave him victory over all his enemies. But now the Lord my God has given me peace on every side. I have no enemies, and all is well. So I am planning to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God, just as he had instructed my father David. For the Lord told him, Your son, whom I will place on your throne, will build the temple to honor my name. Therefore, please command that cedars from Lebanon be cut for me. Let my men work alongside yours, and I will pay your men whatever wages you ask. As you know, there is no one among us who can cut timber like you Sidonians. When Hiram received Solomon's message, he was very pleased and said, Praise the Lord today for giving David a wise son to be king of the great nation of Israel. Then he sent this reply to Solomon. I have received your message, and I will supply all the cedar and cypress timber you need. My servants will bring the logs from the Lebanon mountains to the Mediterranean Sea and make them into rafts and float them along the coast to whatever place you choose. Then we will break the rafts apart so you can carry the logs away. You can pay me by supplying me with food for my household. So Hiram supplied as much cedar and cypress timber as Solomon desired. In return, Solomon sent him an annual payment of 100,000 bushels of wheat for his household and 110,000 gallons of pure olive oil. 
So the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon just as he had promised, and Hiram and Solomon made a formal alliance of peace. Then King Solomon conscripted a labor force of 30,000 men from all Israel. He sent them to Lebanon in shifts, 10,000 every month, so that each man would be one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of this labor force. Solomon also had 70,000 common laborers, 80,000 quarry workers in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen to supervise the work. At the king's command, they quarried large blocks of high-quality stone and shaped them to make the foundation of the temple. Men from the city of Gebal helped Solomon's and Hiram's builders prepare the timber and stone for the temple. Second Chronicles Chapter 2 Solomon decided to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord, and also a royal palace for himself. He enlisted a force of 70,000 laborers, 80,000 men to quarry stone in the hill country, and 3,600 foremen. Solomon, Solomon also sent this message to King Hiram at Tyre. Send me cedar logs as you did for my father David when he was building his palace. I am about to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. It will be a place set apart to burn fragrant incense before him, to display the special sacrificial bread, and to sacrifice burnt offerings each morning and evening on the Sabbaths, at new moon celebrations, and at the other appointed festivals of the Lord our God. He has commanded Israel to do these things forever." This must be a magnificent temple because our God is greater than all other gods. But who can really build him a worthy home? Not even the highest heavens can contain him. So who am I to consider building a temple for him except as a place to burn sacrifices to him? So send me a master craftsman who can work with gold, silver, bronze, and iron, as well as with purple, scarlet, and blue cloth. He must be a skilled engraver who can work with the craftsmen of Judah and Jerusalem who were selected by my father David. Also send me cedar, cypress, and red sandalwood logs from Lebanon, for I know that your men are without equal at cutting timber in Lebanon. I will send my men to help them. An immense amount of timber will be needed, for the temple I am going to build will be very large and magnificent. In payment for your woodcutters, I will send 100,000 bushels of crushed wheat, 100,000 bushels of barley, 110,000 gallons of wine, and 110,000 gallons of olive oil. King Hiram sent this letter of reply to Solomon. It is because the Lord loves his people that he has made you their king. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who made the heavens and the earth. He has given King David a wise son, gifted with skill and understanding, who will build a temple for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. I am sending you a master craftsman named Huram Abi, who is extremely talented. His mother is from the tribe of Dan in Israel, and his father is from Tyr. He is skillful at making things from gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and he also works with stone and wood. He can work with purple, blue, and scarlet cloth and fine linen. He is also an engraver and can follow any design given to him. He will work with your craftsmen and those appointed by my lord David, your father. Send along the wheat, barley, olive oil, and wine that my lord has mentioned. We will cut whatever timber you need from the Lebanon mountains and will float the logs in rafts down the coast of the Mediterranean Sea to Joppa. From there you can transport the logs up to Jerusalem. Solomon took a census of all foreigners in the land of Israel, like the census his father had taken, and he counted 153,600. He assigned 70,000 of them as common laborers, 80,000 as quarry workers in the hill country, and 3,600 as foremen. Psalms, chapter 101. 
This is a Psalm of David. I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above, who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes, just as when it came to you. Pray, too, that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they received from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, I do this in all my letters to prove they are from me. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. Psalm 101, verse 3, has David saying he will not look at anything vile and vulgar. The literal rendering of vile and vulgar is a thing of worthlessness related to a standard of living. As believers, we need to make sure we do not look at vile and vulgar things. With modern technology and current woke philosophies running rampant, avoiding the vile and vulgar takes a great deal of discipline. Even the cell phone that I'm speaking into right this moment has the potential to cause disobedience and less than righteous actions and activities. Now more than ever, it's so critical that we follow David's leading in verse 2 to be careful to live a blameless life and to lead a life of integrity 
in my own home. Yes, technology can be a wonderful tool. I mean, how else could I possibly get this podcast to all of you every day? But we need to allow God to guide us with our use of technology and know when it's time to put down our phones and tablets so we can engage in real relationships, surrounding ourselves with faithful and Jesus-loving companions. Thanks so much for joining me here today on Bible in a Year with Bill. If you want to, um, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you want to fa- get access to the Life Journal daily reading schedule, um, you have to actually request to to be involved in the Bible in a Year with Bill Facebook page. Um, so you can look at that and put in a request to be involved, and I'll accept that request. And then you can download that file, that Life Journal daily reading schedule file, and then you can leave the group if you want. Um, but that's probably the best way to get a hold of that file with the schedule on it. Because I think it's, for some reason, it's just not, Google isn't finding it as well anymore. Anyway, thanks for joining me, my friends, and I will see you tomorrow. Take care now. Mm-hmm.